everyone and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk and I am your host Leela Winston. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to today's Bible study. I pray that you are well and God is blessing in your life. Um, I want to encourage you to grab your Bible so that we can go into the Word of God. As you know we read the Word of God so that we can practically apply it, we study it, and then so that we can Um, to perform the purpose of our lives and to live in that purpose. And so I want to encourage you to grab your Bible. We're going to look a little bit more closely as to um, God and his mercy toward us. I think this is really an important aspect to understand the key in which God was unlocking for us and how we now have a new access. And I want you to start accessing that today because a lot of times I think we assume that because you know, something happened or went wrong, well, it just has to be that way when we have a God of mercy, okay? So I want to point out to you Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. That's our anchor text, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 to 16, okay? And um, we're going to read that. And if you have a chance, I want you to read Leviticus chapter 16. This is a very long chapter, but it really talks about the priest going into the holies of holies. And we're going to have a discussion about the holies of holies because there's a lot going on when you talk about that, when it comes to Christ and when it talks about mercy and when it talks about our new access and as royal priests. Now let's read it. It says the annual offering by the high priest, which included two goats, one of which was the scapegoat, the bearer of sin, Behind the veil was the mercy seat. We have obtained mercy. And that is Leviticus chapter, um, I'm sorry, that's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, okay? Now, I think it's important to understand that there is this idea of a sweet-smelling aroma. Where does the sweet-smelling aroma come from that the Lord talks about a lot in Scripture? comes from an offering of incense or meat offering that is placed on the altar before the mercy seat that brings forth a smoky cloud. And in Leviticus chapter 16, uh, it talks about how Aaron's sons had, you know, they had offered a wrong sacrifice. They had not done it in the proper way. And so unfortunately they were struck down. And so now God gives them great instruction and great care on how to offer trespass uh, offerings in Leviticus chapter 16. It's very detailed, okay? And so we see that the cloud, which is where the Lord dwells in, this cloud coming up from the sacrifice, the Lord dwells in. The sons of Aaron erred in this area. So let's read that actual section of scripture in Leviticus just so I can show it to you. And it says, he, ta- he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from off the altar before the Lord and his hands full of sweet incense beaten small and bring it within the veil. And he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord. The cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he die not. And he shall take of the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it with his fingers upon the mercy seat eastward. And before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle of the blood with his fingers seven times. 
The New Testament writers speak of this sweet smelling offering as well, okay, by the new priesthood that is after the order of Melchizedek. And we see this in the language when we read in Ephesians chapter 5 and 2 when we talk about Christ's sufferings. There's this sweet smelling aroma. Even in Philippians chapter 4 verse 18, in terms of supporting the needs of other believers, that is like an offering. The Bible says that offers a sweet smelling aroma. So we're getting an idea of what a sacrifice is. We see it as Christ offering himself. We see it when we're supporting the needs of other believers. We even see it in Titus chapter 2, verse 14, Christ offering to purify mankind. This is really important. And then we see in Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, Christ gave himself. Once again, we see Christ as the sweet smelling offering that is before the mercy seat. And then I'll just give you one more in Genesis chapter 10, verse 10. It's the sanctification of through Christ's offering, this sanctification that allows us to even be able to go before the mercy seat in our new role as a priesthood, as a holy and royal nation. The whole point was now we are able to approach that mercy seat in prayer. Now that the veil has been rent and Christ has made one offering once and for all himself as both the pure lamb of God, which we see in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. He was both the offering and the scapegoat who got away alive, bearing all of our sin. Because in the Bible, there was this idea of you had two goats that you brought for the trespass offering. One goat you slaughtered and offered and sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat. The other one you would place all the sins on and let him go. I think there's such powerful imagery there when you think about it. You think about what Christ did. Not only did he die for our sins, he arose and was let go. It's just so powerful when you think about it. I want you to think about Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 to 24. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. And this throne that only the high priest was able to go through, that was covered by the veil, it's known as the mercy seat. Mercy. God's throne is of mercy. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know that God is full of mercy? The cloud from the burning incense would cover that mercy seat so that the priest would not die, as it says in Leviticus chapters 16 and 13. There's something about that God in his mercy seat, it covers it. You need that, that sacrifice so that we're approaching unto Christ. And it says, and he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he died not. That's Leviticus chapter 16 and 13. And that's kind of what killed Aaron's sons. They did not offer that correct sacrifice in the way that it needed to be done. There were all of these steps to be holy, but the Lord has given us one step, which is absolutely wonderful. Let's look at Leviticus chapter 16 and 4. It says, He put on the holy linen coat, and he shall have the linen breeches upon his flesh, and shall be girded with a linen girdle, and with the linen meter shall he be attired. These are holy garments. Therefore shall he wash his flesh in water, 
and so put them on. The priest had to clothe himself in such a way that that he was pure, and he had to wash himself to be presentable in the most holy place behind the veil and in front of the mercy seat. It shows just how disgusting sin is to God. It also shows that this special clean clothing that he needed to wear to protect, uh, that allowed him to have access, it sort of granted access, this is the righteousness of God which is freely given to us in Christ Jesus. This is how we're able to approach the mercy seat. We see allusions to these holy vestures in various places in the Bible. You can see it in Romans chapter 13 verse 14 when it talks about putting on Christ. You can see it in Isaiah chapter 61 and 10 when it suggests that there is this prophecy of the church Okay, you can see it in Psalms chapter 132 verse 9 when it talks about priests clothed in righteousness. And then I want you to remember something. Do you remember the Bible says that Christ will present to himself a spotless bride in Ephesians chapter 5 as verse 27? Think about that. God is presenting to himself something clean and well-dressed and well-prepared. And that is what you and I are becoming as the bride of Christ. The New Testament apostles are actually referencing an Old Testament scripture which elaborate, which co- corroborates everything that is happening now. I think that's brilliant. And now we understand what the writer meant when he said in Hebrews chapter 4 and 16 about boldly approaching the throne of grace to obtain mercy. Think about that. Let's look again. It says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Prophecy is sometimes a shadow. It represents what will be or what could be. And this is how some prophecies can be changed. This is how approaching the mercy seat matters. Think of the many times God relented and and, and of the judgment that he was going to do. It's because God had compassion on mankind. He's always had it. Think about it now. His seat, his, his throne is called mercy. Wow, who would not want to have a God like that? Think about that. Who wouldn't want to throw themselves down at the throne of mercy? Not a throne of judgment and wrath, but God calls his throne mercy. I think that's just so powerful. And if you are to be a efficacious or effective priest, royal priest, you have to know it's a throne of mercy. We're helping people to come before the throne of mercy. They have to be clothed in righteousness. They have to believe on the Lord. If you are an evangelist or if you're a believer and you're consistently out there evangelizing, or even just for your own understanding, people need to understand that it is a throne of mercy. God is giving us mercy. He's not giving us what we deserve. He's having mercy on us and allowing us to come and approach unto him. And now that we have become believers, do you know how much access you have? You've become a royal priest and that veil is torn down. 
so you can always come to God for mercy. I think that's so wonderful. Never forget the throne that your God sits on is a throne of mercy. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. Bye. being a part of the one love live love walk bible study i appreciate you but perhaps you've stumbled onto this bible study and you're not yet become a believer i want to encourage you to take the time to accept the lord christ into your life i want you to know that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that the lord jesus is lord that you will be saved if you can go ahead with me, close your eyes and pray. Oh Lord, I pray right now that you would forgive me of my sins. I re will repent of my sins right now. That is, I will turn away from all the sins that I have done from before until now. And I want to seek to follow you. Lord, open my eyes and my heart to your truth. I accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. And I accept the Holy Spirit as the comforter and guide in my life. Continue to lead me. And I thank you so much for hearing my prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. If you prayed that prayer, then you are now a believer. And I want you to believe in your heart. And if you have a chance, reach out to me and let me know that you receive the Lord. There's ways that you can contact me if you look in the description of this uh, Bible study. And I look forward to hearing from you and helping you on your love walk. Don't forget to sign up for our devotional emails so that you can be encouraged in your faith and grow. God bless you.